So Karen and I had this problem. We had one car, and if I drove that to work, it meant that she was stranded at home with a two-year-old and an infant, which was not ideal from a safety standpoint, but it also meant she could never see a friend or go to the doctor. But for her to get the car, it meant we had to usually wake up one or both of them get before they were ready, you know what the price you pay for that, and you get them ready, bundled into the car, into the car seats, drive me over early, and then at the end of the day, when everybody's melting down, put them back in the car and come and pick me up. And so I could walk the three or four miles to work, but crossing North Avenue was a little dicey, and so we began to pray, God, would you show us what to do here? Would you provide another car? Because right now, we don't have a money for a second car. Well, I was praying about it with my prayer partner, Tim, and one day Tim said to me, what if I give you my car? I was like, Tim, that's your car. He's like, yeah, but you know, that car is 10 years old, and it, honestly, it's been killing us with the repairs this year, and it, it would be better for me to have kind of a steady level car payment than all this up and down with the repairs. And, and I just need to give my family a little more reliable car. But if, if you want this car, it's yours. And I was like, holy cow, if this car runs for two weeks and dies, it's still, that's two weeks, I did not have to walk to work. So I'm like, thank you so much. So he hands over the title and Karen and I became the proud owners of this blue Ford Fairmont. And we immediately dubbed her the Blue Blessing because we hadn't worked for the Blue Blessing. We hadn't saved up or scrimped for the Blue Blessing. We had never gone online to research or comparison price shopped for the Blue Blessing. We hadn't done anything. This thing just landed in our driveway. It was pure gift. And maybe because of that, I was very open-handed with the Blue Blessing. I, somebody would say to me, hey, I'm teaching my 16-year-old son how to drive. I'd be, take my car, use that, you know? And, and even if Tim had come back to me in a couple months and said, I need my car back, I'd have been, fine, it was yours to start with. I'm just glad you let me use it for as long as you did. Now, the blue blessing was here in my driveway and sitting just a few feet over from it was my white car, my car, my car. This was the station wagon that Karen and I had scrimped and saved little by little to get a down payment for and, and, and bought this car. And yeah, it was a couple years used, but it was a good car and it was our family car. And I was very protective of that car because I knew I could not get together another down payment for another car to replace it. So this was my car. If you needed a car, you were not getting this car. So there was the blue blessing and there was my car. And and, and what I found is that I was super protective of that white car. One time, the kids got a stain on the back seat of my white car, and I went over the moon ballistic angry about that. Apparently, I did not want the family to use the family car. So, but the blue blessing, I was totally laid back about. One day, the four-year-old neighbor kid was throwing rocks around, and he happened to hit the, the windshield of the blue blessing and shattered it. I didn't care. As long as that thing rolled one more day to work, I was fine. Every single one of your possessions and every single one of my possessions is either a blue car or a white car.
right? So we're either open-handed with it and we're saying whatever, as long as it's used by whoever needs it most, or we're circling around it and we're saying, mine, 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 it's, I'm protective. Which is it for you? Now, you and I don't, wouldn't even have to be a Christian, right, to, to see that a person who is tight-fisted and possessive and greedy with their possessions is an unattractive person. But a person who has moved across the driveway and, and started to treat more and more of their things like blue car are, are, is, brings joy to people because they're open-hearted and they're free and they're generous and they help people. So the spiritual journey for you and for me, friends, around possessions is this journey. I could sum it up like this. Can you move across the driveway from the white car to the blue car? Can you treat fewer and fewer things in your life like this and more and more and more like this? What would it be like if you and I got freer and freer around our possessions? Do you realize how much we would release in terms of joy, energy, kingdom impact in the people around us if we could get there? How do you do that? Because we are not natively free with our stuff. How is it that you and I could get to a place where we're like, you know what? It's a blue car. Whatever. If you need it, use it. Can we get there? I want to look with you in God's word today a divine principle that I think will help you and will help me as we make that move. Let's look at it together. And as we do, I, I just want to make sure that so that you get the most out of this this morning. I want you to answer this question before we turn into our text. What is a white car in my life? Maybe it's your computer. Mine, mine, you know? Maybe, maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's your savings account. I don't know what it is for you, but think about what that thing is that you are kind of closed in about. Okay, let's turn now to 1 Chronicles 29. And we've been in the book of Chronicles the last few weeks studying this, this peak moment in the spiritual history of God's people. In, in, in this moment in which King David prepares for and now transitions for building the temple through his son Solomon. Let's start at verse 1. Then King David turned to the entire assembly. All the national leaders are gathered there and said, my son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. And the work ahead of him is enormous for the temple he will build, God's temple, first one ever, after 400 years, it is not for mere mortals. It's for the Lord God himself. And so David says, I've been thinking about this for years and I've actually been preparing. So using every resource at my royal command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple. He's basically been creating national stockpiles in preparation for what they're going to need to build the temple. And he says, so now there's gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, Onyx, precious stones, costly jewels, all kinds of fine stone, marble. I've been like creating a Home Depot full of resources that we will use to build this temple. That's what I've been doing as king. But then it gets personal. Look at this in verse 3. And now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all, all of my own private treasures. Oh, 
of gold and silver to help in the construction. So I'm not just using my office to kind of stockpile resources. I'm personally going all in. I believe in this temple project so much that that's what I'm going to do. And then he says at the end of verse 5, he's such a good leader. He won't ask anybody to do anything until he's done it. He says, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? You don't have to. I'm just, I'm just wondering, would you want to? Is this something you believe in? Are, are you committed enough to it that you'd come in with it the way I have? And, and let's see how they do. Verse 6, the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals, the captains of the army, king's administrative officers, all gave. How'd they give? Willingly. Now, this is a key word. This is not like somebody's coming around with the United Way thing at your office and they're browbeating you because they want to increase the participation level in your department this year and there's a prize if your department has the highest level of participation. No, these people are just, I want to do it. And, and look at verse 9. The people rejoiced over the offerings they brought for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. Willingly, freely, wholeheartedly. They saw their gold and silver and all the resources they had as a blue car. Whatever. It's free. Whoever it's needed most. Now, how did they get there? This is an amazing, over-the-top, lavish gift that they give. One scholar estimates if you just took the weight of the gold, translated it into today's value, it'd be over $7 billion just for the gold. So these people went like crazy giving. And yet it says they gave freely, willingly, and joyously. How did they get there? Because it wasn't any easier for them to part with their stuff than it is for me or for you to part with yours, right? It's never easy to part with stuff. Unless, unless you have a different way of looking at it than we normally do. Would you look at with me at David's prayer, which unlocks this for us? Verse 11, David prays, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty, everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. We don't usually think about everything on earth is God's. Do you know that what is parked in your driveway is God's? What is in your family room belongs to God. The people in your family room belong to God. What's in your savings account belongs to God. What's in your retirement account belongs to God. Now, how does that start to change your thinking? Verse 12, wealth and honor come from you alone. That is not how I think. I think, hey, wealth, I worked. I, I had to get up in the morning. I had to be responsible. I had to develop a career. I worked for that. I sweated for that. I saved up for that. Wealth and honor came from me alone. David's like, no. Wealth and honor comes from God alone. Some years ago, when I was editing a journal for pastors, I went out and visited the pastor of First Baptist Church in Flushing, New York. And if you have been to Flushing, you know it's, it's right there in Queens. It's in the dense, urban part of New York City. And so we walked out to the church parking lot, which was surrounded by a very tall fence topped with barbed wire, which I didn't think was very friendly. But he explained to me, he goes, you know, trying to hire pastors here is just brutal. And I said, really, why would that be? He said, well, because their car insurance is $12,000 a year. I was like, $12,000 a year? He goes, oh, yeah, but it's a, good, it's a good deal because your car gets stolen on average every six months. 
Oh, okay, that's a good deal. So we're driving around, and he's pointing out his community to me. And he says, hey, you see that guy over there? And there was a guy with a street cart selling like souvenir pencils. And he says, that guy used to be the mayor of Tehran. I'm like, are you telling me that the mayor of a global city who obviously has a college degree, probably a master's degree, he's gifted socially, he's gifted politically, he's a national class and even world-class leader, is now sitting, standing on the streets of New York selling souvenir pencils? And all of a sudden, I got a profound awareness that, hey, did I create the political stability that has allowed me to enjoy a job over my lifetime? Did I create a stable banking system that has even allowed me to have a savings account? No, I didn't do that. Wealth and honor come from God alone. This is why Deuteronomy 8 says, it's the, remember, it's the Lord who gives you the power to obtain wealth. And so all of a sudden, I realized, wow, much more of my life is a gift than I ever understood. And then I got it. I was like, oh my word, this was the piece I was missing. I saw the blue car as a gift from the Lord. It just showed up. But I didn't see the white car as a gift from the Lord. I worked for that. And what David is saying here, wealth and honor come from you alone. The white car is every bit as much from the Lord as the blue car. God can give it to you this way or he can give it to you through the work way, but it came from God. It's his car. Now, how much more free would I have been if I had remembered and known and taken to heart that this white car was God's car and gave it to me? Oh, I would have been freer inside, friends. I would never have incinerated my children over staining the back seat of a car that God gave and that could be used for whoever needed it. Can we move from white car to blue car? We're only going to do that if we can pray like David prayed in verse 14. Who am I? Who are my people that we could give anything to you? Do you see the humility this brings when you realize your stuff is not your stuff, it's God's stuff? Everything we have has come from you. We give you only what you first gave us. Oh, friends, I'm not here to guilt you today. We all live in this world where we just naturally want to protect our stuff. But I do want to invite you in the Lord to get freer than you've ever been. I want to help you move from this side of the driveway to the, this one because you'll be so much happier that way. And just imagine the people you'll bless when you give to that poor person because you're not hoarding that thing. When, when you give to the church or the ministries that, that are meaningful and doing kingdom work, when you just loan your stuff out all of a sudden kingdom stuff starts to happen and I'm inviting you into that and it comes when you and I get it that everything we have comes from God now this morning's application is super duper simple you will not have to walk out of here and go I have no idea what he was talking about and how I'm supposed to apply it here's what I want you to do I want you to think about that white car that's in your life and I want you to Right now, we're going to take a couple minutes and I want to invite you to pray about that. Talk to God honestly. Why is that a white car for you? Ask him for your help. Take your fingers off of that. Surrender it back to him since he gave it to you in the first place. Maybe ask him how he wants it to be used in a, in a way that will bless others. I don't know what your prayer may be, but I invite you to now. Let's, let us pray. And, and talk to the Lord about our, our white car.
Lord, you've said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Would you bring now by your Spirit the freedom that you want your children to enjoy? Where we can just be free, willing, wholehearted with all you've given us. Not stressed out and cramped, frightened, and oppressed. Lord, have mercy. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything, everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord. And this is your kingdom. Amen.